County Lines is WYSO's series about small towns and rural communities of the Miami Valley. This year, we're bringing you the voices of women living and working in the rural parts of Southwest Ohio. Before the coronavirus pandemic, producer Renee Wild met with faculty and students at Wilmington College in Clinton County and heard their ideas about rural life and the prospects for a career in agriculture. Here's Renee with the final story in our series. Erin Copeland is a senior at Wilmington College. She's graduating this spring with a degree in agricultural communications, and Erin is torn between two job offers, one in a rural community like the one she grew up in and one in an urban area. In this interview with her professor, Corey Cockrell, Erin weighs the pros and cons of her decision in Corey's office at the Robinson Communication Center on Wilmington campus. The acoustics in the building cause voices to travel, so you may hear some chatter in the background. This is Corey Cockrell. I am an associate professor of communication arts and agriculture at Wilmington College in Wilmington, Ohio. And I am Erin Copeland, a senior studying agricultural communication with a minor in sustainability, originally from Bucyrus, Ohio. I technically live outside the village of Nevada, Ohio, which is incredibly rural. I'm surrounded on all four sides by corn and soybean fields with U.S. State Route 30 running through my front yard. So my husband is from New Petersburg, Ohio, which has about a dozen houses in it and no other landmarks, no shop, no store, no, you know, grocery or gas station. It's just 12 houses. So is that like Nevada? So Nevada is a little bit larger. Um, We used to have one stoplight, but that went away a few years ago. There is a seed company that is right along the railroad, and we have a drive through where you can stop and get something to drink on your way to school in the mornings. But aside from that, the occasional pizza place will be in there for a few months, and then it'll have to leave. But that's really all we have. And then probably two or three blocks of houses. But the most convenient part about being where I'm from is that Toledo is an hour and a half away, Finley is 45 minutes away, and Columbus is an hour away. So even though I'm from a rural part of the state, Everything that I could ever possibly need is within an hour's reach. Uh, My friend Lucy and I were talking about this book by Robert Putnam called Bowling Alone. And it's really about the loss of community as technology enters our lives and as more people move to urban areas um, and we're disconnected from each other. Even the title of the book is about the loss of like bowling leagues and bridge clubs and Kiwanis clubs and Lions clubs. And so he says that that's going to affect our sense of community and in turn or ultimately affect social capital because it would seem like because there are so few people living in places like Nevada that social capital would be low. We don't have a bowling alley. We don't have a place to go eat in Nevada. But you know your neighbors and your neighbors aren't just the people that live next to you on either side. Your neighbors are the people down the whole street. Your neighbors are the people who live two blocks away and you know everyone by name because those are the people that you grew up with. And so those are the people that you can lean on in tough times. And I think that's a more important sense of community. It's a stronger community, even if we don't have a club. You receive two job opportunities and one is in a rural community (laughs) and one is in an urban community. What is on your pros and cons list? I know you make lists. For me, the sense of 
home. Rural communities, even ones that I didn't find myself growing up in, feel very homey and welcoming. That's a huge part of I want to live somewhere where I feel comfortable and welcome, and I think that rural communities offer that. One thing that rural communities sometimes lack is an appreciation for art and different types of culture, and that's something that a lot of urban areas have. And I love learning more about history and art and culture, so that's something else that really draws me to urban areas. Um, The cons of urban areas is the hustle and bustle. It never stops, and I think that you need to be able to stop and recharge, and that can be hard when things are open 24 hours or you're going nonstop. Also, it's loud. I guess you eventually get used to it, but that doesn't sound appealing to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, the quiet of Nevada, Ohio might call you back. Okay, well, that ends our interview. Thanks, Erin. That was Wilmington College professor Corey Cockrell and senior Aaron Copeland. I'm Renee Wild, the producer of County Lines, WYSO series that gives voice to our rural communities. This story was produced in conjunction with the Eichelberger Center for Community Voices at WYSO. County Lines is made possible by a grant from Ohio Humanities. County Lines is WYSO's series about small towns and rural communities of the Miami Valley. This year, we're bringing you the voices of women living and working in the rural parts of southwest Ohio. Before the coronavirus pandemic, producer Renee Wild met with faculty and students at Wilmington College in Clinton County and heard their ideas about rural life and the prospects for a career in agriculture. Here's Renee with the fourth story in our series. Corey Cockrell teaches agricultural communications at Wilmington College, but she didn't live in a rural area until about 10 years ago. Corey grew up in the city of Mount Vernon, but when she went away to college, she met and fell in love with a farmer. Corey now lives on a farm and is raising two young children in his remote hometown of just over a thousand residents. Senior Erin Copeland interviews her professor, Corey Cockrell, about that journey from the suburbs to rural life. This is Erin Copeland. I am a senior at Wilmington College studying agricultural communication with a minor in sustainability. And today I am interviewing Corey Cockrell. I am an associate professor of communication arts and agriculture at Wilmington College. So just before our interview, you reminded me that you have not always had a rural upbringing. You're originally from the suburbs. Can you tell us a little bit about what your journey to rural life was like? I grew up in Mount Vernon, Ohio, which is north of Columbus. Growing up, I definitely had a suburban experience. I lived in a community that was relatively large. Um, It was a city, and we lived in town. You know, we just had a small backyard and a dog. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember when I was about nine years old, and I wrote down on a piece of paper that ended up in, like, a time capsule. I wanted to be a dairy farmer in Wisconsin and to be a vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I stayed a vegetarian, ironically, until I met my now farmer husband. (laughs) And he was from a rural community in southwest Ohio, and ultimately we moved there. So I remember being nervous when I knew that we were going to be moving to Leesburg. I drove the town, the village, it's a village, and so I just remember thinking, how are we going to get what we need here? I was also nervous about sending my children to school 
at the time. We had a five-year-old who was about to enter kindergarten. You know, what is a small school like? What does that mean? In the end, I, you know, I'm, I'm just thrilled to be a resident of Leesburg, Ohio. I say it very proudly. You know, having kids in a small school is just the best experience because the teachers get to know them. They get to know each other. It takes a village to raise a child, as you know, and and we truly have that. We don't just have that in the village, but also in the schools and anywhere else they roam. And it's an incredibly powerful experience to be part of a giant family that would do anything for you or your kids. That feels more reassuring than anything else. So you talk a lot about how people come together and they use their voices to make a change when a change is necessary. How have you personally used your voice and your influence in this new rural community that you call home to make a difference on the lives of others, um, especially the youth? So coming into a rural community, I was definitely an introvert, forced to be an extrovert. I didn't engage as much. But when you move to a rural community, you have to engage. And so, yeah, you kind of look around and you say, well, here's what I'm capable of. Here's my skill set. This village needs me. So what can I do for it? You have to ask that. And apart from offering some home roasted coffee, I could also offer grant writing skills. So recently I've been working on a sidewalk grant for the local school to try and get a safe pathway to and from school. Do you think that your children are getting some things like a benefit that you didn't have when you were growing up in a suburban, urban area? I have to say the first thing I think they're getting is the opportunity to develop empathy. They are seen as a resource, an asset to the community, even as young people. Um, I love that. And they're forced to have interactions because you can't walk somewhere without somebody talking to you in a a rural community. Um, And in making conversations, you build empathy for people. You learn how to listen to other people and listen to their stories. The challenges I think we face are like the challenges of other rural communities, and that is exposure to diversity, They're limited exposure, so I do worry about that. Also, you know, rural communities are dealing right now with a lot of addiction, a lot of depression, high suicide rates among farmers, and we're raising our kids in this hostile, high-risk situation, so we're working really hard to protect them. I guess that's a pitfall, but man, all the benefits outweigh those (laughs) time and time again. That was Wilmington Agricultural Communications Senior Erin Copeland interviewing her professor, Corey Cockrell. I'm Renee Wild, the producer of County Lines, WYSO series that takes listeners into the small towns and rural communities of the Miami Valley. This story was produced in conjunction with the Eichelberger Center for Community Voices at WYSO. County Lines is made possible by a grant from Ohio Humanities. Future Farmers of America was founded in 1928 in Kansas City, Missouri, as a way to educate the next generation of farmers. Today, FFA is a national organization for young people interested in leadership and agriculture. There are over a dozen local FFA chapters in the Miami Valley, including one at Northeastern High School in rural Clark County. As part of our series, County Lines, producer Anna Laurie went to Northeastern last fall to learn about FFA and to teach the students a little bit about radio. Hello, testing, testing. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Is it recording? Yeah, it is recording. Can you hear things differently already? It sounds weird.
It's different, right? Hi, I'm Anna Lurie. I'm a Community Voices producer, and I'm also a teacher. This fall, I visited students in the FFA club at Northeastern High School in Clark County. I wanted to know more about their lives growing up in a rural area. In this installment of County Lines, Northeastern students talk about what being in FFA means to them. FFA honestly isn't cows and plows. FFA is FFA. It's no longer Future Farmers of America. It's FFA, the National FFA Organization. To practice brotherhood, honor agricultural opportunities and responsibilities, and develop those qualities of leadership which an FFA member should possess. I knew animals meant a lot to me, and the things involved with it meant a lot to me, but joining FFA, it's really shown me how important it is to the community and even to the world. Some opportunities FFA provide our community service. One of our big things that we do here at Northeastern is our powder puff game. Um, That's when the girls play football and the guys cheer. And we have raised over $10,000 for breast cancer every year. And it is such a great opportunity. Everybody comes out. It's a big community thing. Another major event that our FFA holds is the Farm Day, and we host first graders to where they all come out to the farm and have that experience to know where milk comes from and other things like where the eggs come from, where the meat comes from and the chicken. And it's really great way to educate our community so they are informed and know what they eat and where it comes from. I'm involved in FFA and it means a lot to me because I get to do a lot of things like show animals and help out in the community and be a leader. It's definitely taught me time management. You, When showing animals, you have another life depending on you taking care of it. If you don't feed it or water it, then it's not going to be able to survive. So you have to prioritize things in the order that you do them in. It has taught me when you sign up for something, you have to show up for something. When you are supposed to be in charge of this you have to be in charge of it you know definitely being responsible throughout FFA I have found myself I've really been able to figure out who I am and what I want to be when I'm older and how I want to continue my life so throughout FFA I figured out that genetics is the path I want to take to continue my career and the passion for animals will never stop and I just really love FFA (laughs) Having parents grown up in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, they had no agriculture or even experiences with farm animals. And when we moved here, when they moved here, we weren't expecting me to get so attached to the different livestock and wanting to be involved as much as I have. So I've really brought an agriculture into my family's life. I know that I made a bunch of memories during... um, Um, National FFA convention, I met so many new people. I met people that I didn't even know I could meet. It was so different. I met people from Oklahoma, from Texas, from Hawaii. It was so different seeing them and talking to them, but after you kind of sit back and kind of think about it, we're just the same. That's not just 
in the classroom at County Fair. FFA is a national thing that has gone on for generation after generation. And when we all line up in that blue corduroy jacket, we are one powerful person. I'm Caitlin Dietrich. I'm Victoria Johnson. I'm Mackenzie Graham. I'm Taylor Krampowski. It's Alice Foreman. I'm Nicole Edward. My name's Haley Rogers. My name is Gracie Leonard. I'm Gracie McHenry. Special shout out to our ag teachers, Mrs. Anders. Thank you very much. See you guys. Bye. This is Community Voices producer Anna Lurie. Thanks to the students of Northeastern High School's FFA Club for sharing their experiences on this installment of County Lines. County Lines is produced with a grant from Ohio Humanities. County Lines is WYSO's series about small towns and rural communities of the Miami Valley. This year, we're bringing you the voices of women living and working in the rural parts of Southwest Ohio. Before the coronavirus pandemic, producer Renee Wild met with faculty and students at Wilmington College in Clinton County and heard their ideas about rural life and the prospects for a career in agriculture. Here's Renee with the fifth story in our series. Clubs like FFA, which stands for Future Farmers of America, serve as both social and educational roles in rural communities. Kayla Wise credits FFA for her decision to pursue an agricultural degree. Kayla also never believed in climate change until she took a class at Wilmington College called Individual and Global Policy. Lucy Inge was also in that class, and she asked Kayla how it affected her viewpoint on climate change. This interview takes place in the lobby of the Robinson Communication Center at Wilmington College, so every now and then, you'll hear people talking in the background. My name is Lucy Engie. I'm a student at Wilmington College, and I am interviewing um, my fellow student and friend, uh, Kayla Wise. So we are going to be talking about what it's like to be in rural communities, and we've sort of had some of this as a conversation before. I don't come at all from a farming background, and you come from Pettysville? I actually grew up in a town called Wasion, which is like 10 miles away from Pettisville. Where I lived, it's it's an old people community. I went to Pettisville, which was a school of about 500. So my graduating class was like 47. It was kind of a sucked into FFA and all those experiences that came with it. I decided to become an agronomy major because of FFA. Without it, I wouldn't be where I am. You were at dinner the other night and you shared that you are currently doing research involving essential oils and a pest, I think it was. So the Asiatic garden beetle grub is a smaller brown beetle than the Japanese beetle. The beetle. We can also call it the teenage stage. <laughs> Chews through the roots of pretty much any crop. Any plant it can eat, there's not much it doesn't like to eat. So you can go from a five-yard span of 180 bushels per acre down to zero. It is crazy. So I tested frankincense, eucalyptus, and lemon to see if these essential oils would kill the grubs before they would eat the corn. And I found out that the essential oils did have an effect on the grubs and ended up killing them. When I got to college, I wanted to continue my research. It's just a passion now. So we were both in the same um, individual and global society class last semester, and we ended up talking a lot about climate change in the end. How do you see climate change affecting rural communities in rural America 
Before I came to Wilmington, I didn't believe climate change was a thing because a lot of the rural community doesn't quite, I think, believe it yet. So I was thinking about it last night and with the Water Justice Symposium for the Westheimer at Wilmington, and there was a panel discussion with several local politicians, and then a lot of people in the room were agriculturalists, and they went at it big time. The tension in the room was very, very high. And I regret this now that I didn't speak up and say, we keep yelling at each other. We're drowning at each other with our own opinions. Instead of casting blame, why don't we all pitch in and find a solution? And I feel that in the future, and I hope that in the future, that'll come into effect, that we put aside maybe our political views or what we essentially believe wholeheartedly and say, we are destroying our planet, and it is ours together as a whole. We are not Democrat or Republican. We are not black and white. We are people, and we share this planet, and let's make it whole. That was friends and fellow Wilmington students Lucy Inge and Kayla Wise. I'm Renee Wild, the producer of County Lines, WYSO series that gives voice to our rural communities. This story was produced in conjunction with the Eichelberger Center for Community Voices at WYSO. County Lines is made possible by a grant from Ohio Humanities.